Welcome to the Modern Hippie Podcast, where we'll be exploring all of my favorite boundary-pushing people and topics surrounding consciousness, psychedelics, mental performance, functional medicine, living in alignment, and so much more. I'm your host, Barrett Perlman, a former pro wakeboarder turned body worker, energy healer, and well, a modern hippie. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Modern Hippie Podcast. I am joined today by my friend Rick William, who is a purpose coach, somatic therapist, and meditation teacher. And Rick supports many high-performance business owners, artists, investors, coaches, and changemakers in leading heart-centered lives. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rick. It is an absolute pleasure and honor to be here with you, Barrett. Looking forward to, to diving in. Yeah. So you and I have met through the training we're doing with Dr. John Churchill in what is year one of the planetary Dharma Buddhist teachings. Um, do you think you're going to go all four years? I do. It's like, what are we in like month coming into month two? And I'm just like, everything <laughs> that we've been learning is just like super aligned and deepening just so many other teachings and pieces of work that I've, uh, I've learned on the path. And at this point, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm in for the four years. What about you? Yeah, me too. Oh, absolutely. I, I think oh. even from the moment I heard Dr. John on um, the Aubrey Marcus podcast, I was like, who is this person? I need these teachings. I need to know more. Like whatever it is that he knows applies to where I'm ready to navigate next. Mm-hmm. How'd you find him? Same way. Like I... I I, yeah, what was it? I was, I think I was just on, I was just on YouTube and it came up in my search. Um, and I hadn't listened to one of Aubrey's podcasts in a while, but I just got the sense. I was like, huh, I think I'm meant to listen to this one and listen to it. I was in New York at the time. And prior to that, I was just on the, on the phone with one of my good friends. And I was like, you know what? I like, I'm really feeling like I'm ready to take my learnings and path to the next level. And I'm, and I'm looking for someone or something that can help synthesize like, you know, shamanic plant medicine work with Eastern teachings with like, you know, the psychological and somatic approaches that I've been learning from a therapeutic standpoint. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm really looking for someone. And I literally had that conversation maybe a day or two before heard that podcast. And I was just like, is this it? I was like, I think it might be. And then went on the <laughs> website and this, and then did a few of the kind of weekend trainings and they were awesome. And I was just like, yeah, this is it. And then, you know, sent the email, signed up and here we are in a beautiful group together on a freaking four year journey. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I don't know that I've ever been on a, a pre-declared four year journey of anything other than maybe like college. Um, and even then, like almost didn't finish that, you know, I'm a, I'm an Aries. And so we're really great at starting things and not finishing them. But like being on a four year plan for something is kind of like scares the shit out of me. Like four years ago, my life was so different. And, um, but I can only imagine where it's going now with these teachings. Like, I don't know if you find yourself sort of in seven year cycles, um, mm. but sort of my healing journey started in like 2015 really like the depth of diving into it. And um, now 2022 was like this massive unlocking for me. And now everything's like exponential. And I'm like, holy shit. 
And so yeah, I'm, I'm curious, where did your, yeah, where did your journey start towards hmm. self-improvement and betterment? And that's a, that's a, you know, the one, like I, I keep going earlier on the day, like the more I've explored it, like at first I was like, oh, it was this experience when I was 19. But then like, as I've actually like sat and thought about that question a little bit longer, I'm like, you know, when I was like 12 or 13, I started listening to self-hypnosis tapes by a guy called Paul McKenna. And he's like a famous hypnosis uh, in the UK, but he's, I think he's globally known. He's been in Mind Valley and these types of things. And yeah. I listened to this hypnosis back then and it was like, how to be successful. I'm like 12 or 13. And I was playing video <laughs> games at the time, Halo 2 and Halo 3. And I was like, I was, I was like getting pretty decent at it, but I was like, there was like leagues and people were playing it competitive, competitively. And I listened to those tapes at the time. Anyway, after listening, I don't know if it's a coincidence or if it was linked, but soon after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to phone every single energy drinks company in the United States one by one until I get our team sponsored um, so that we can fly to, to the States. I was in England at the time and play these video games. Anyway, I did that. And uh, <laughs> that worked. <laughs> and Who ended that up was a super cool you? experience to have. A company called Liquid Lightning. I don't think they're okay. around anymore. But they also sponsored a band called Breaking Benjamin, who happened to be, oh, yeah. they were like a, do you know Breaking Benjamin? Yeah, they're like a punk rock kind of, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, they played the Halo theme. They just happened to sponsor that band who happened to play the Halo 2 or Halo 3 soundtrack. So there was like, they already knew what the game was. So they're just like, cool, yeah, you guys are doing that. We'll sponsor you. And we got, yeah, all our flights and hotels and everything paid for. So it was super cool. Anyway, so like that's kind of my, that's when I started, I guess, doing personal development work or realized that I could change my mind and thoughts around certain things. And then, you know, I actually started, I think I started like messing with like salvia and mushrooms at maybe like, 15 16 oh wow and had some pretty profound experiences then um which just had me you know tap into obviously altered states of consciousness and um had a big experience when i was 19 which you know completely changed the trajectory of my life and you know yeah i think just from there just realizing that I had the ability to really transform aspects of myself, including you know, addictions and different things through both, you know, plant medicine and meditation and later leading on into my mid twenties to like therapy and coaching and these types of things too. So I'm curious, what were your, what were your addictions? What, what was going on for you that you felt so healed from after that ceremony or that changed everything? I think there was many, it was like, <laughs> I think one of the things that I noticed about the ways that I would try and soothe is that they improved over time. Meaning that the ways that I soothed when I was in my teenage years was, you know, was with like, you know, cannabis, like overusing cannabis, overusing cocaine mm -hmm. at times. Uh, what else? Yeah. They were the two main ones that, that really weren't great for me um nicotine other times you know mm. leading into you know resolving those and then it would move into food so i would oversue myself with you know overeating even though i'm very slim i could still put away enormous amounts of food <laughs> um 
and yeah, just like the, just the, the soothing, uh, you know, I, I realized I was just soothing myself and as I could begin to self-regulate and heal and move the pain that I was internally feeling out of my system, just the need to soothe just stopped. And those things I was soothing with would just improve and improve and improve as my skill to be able to regulate myself and give myself what I was needing actually came online. And then the things just disappeared as they naturally do. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. And I think a, a common thing that happens when people start doing psychedelics or uh, with, especially with intention behind it or breathwork practices. I mean, I, you're talking about regulating ourselves and for anyone who's not really familiar with what that means, it's like our autonomic nervous systems that kind of in control of how we respond to the situations around us. And even something as simple as like a deep belly breath and letting it out slowly can, can immediately change your energy and how your body's ready to respond to to the world around you. And so I have no idea how old you are now, sir. So how long ago this stuff was, how old are you? So, and that was beautifully put, um, in terms of regulation. Um, yeah, I'm 34 now, 35 next two months in May. So 34 now, Nelly 35. Uh, so that kind of puts into context. So I'd say I really started kind of the deeper work at age kind of 19, 20. That's when I really got into personal development which is more like more personal development esque initially. And then age kind of 24, 25 is when I, I, I really started going deeper, but, um, with, you know, deeper work with plant medicines and somatic work and therapy and stuff like that. Uh, if you had to pick three of like the tools that help you, the, helped you in the most in the beginning, what would those three tools be? Hmm. Well, I was, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and if I could go back and speak to my like 21 year old self and, and just give him mm. a better map of where to head, I would start him with attachment and I'd be like, just understand everything you need to around attachment because that's the foundation upon which everything else is built. Like just understand it, like do your research you know, find out about this field and this topic and get support around that because every other piece of growth work or spiritual development work you're going to do is going to be rooted here because that is the initial traumas of disconnection or lack of attunement begin at this stage of development. So just, you know, doing the corrective work there makes the most sense. You're, you're starting from a stronger foundation. Then I would say the second piece would be learn how to emotionally regulate, meaning, you know, I tell them to go learn about polyvagal theory and understand how to move your state from disconnection, essentially back into connection, you know, learn how to be in states of stress and bring that back into connection and love and safety, learn how to be in states of depression with yourself or shutdown or isolation and learn how to bring that back up and see your heart back into connection so that you'll no longer be running from these feelings that feel uncomfortable to you. You'll be able to, to learn how to work with those in real time so that you'll stop reaching and grabbing for things that are leading you to further disconnection from yourself and others. So second will be emotional regulation. Ah, I can't, I don't know if I can answer in three, so I'm going to go for three <laughs> go for would it. be learn how to, you know, learn how to train your mind, you know, learn, you know, we've been talking a lot about metacognition and 
self-reflective awareness and attention. I think, you know, learn how to meditate well, <laughs> which is what mm. we're up to for the next four years. We're really deepening in that. <laughs> and then the fourth piece would be learn how to communicate, like learn the art of communication, not from a marketing standpoint, which my 20 someone year old self would have been like totally about, but like learn the <laughs> art of relational communication, which will also help you in your business. Um, and that's just going to set, that's, that's the foundation for everything. It's, it's, it's how you're relating and communicating to yourself, but it's also how you're communicating and really communicating and being in relationship with, you know, everyone in your life. And, you know, the, it's like the foundation, like if you can self-regulate and you can attune to your own needs and, you know, be able to course correct in real time and you can communicate and, you, you know, you're like set mm -hmm. for as to like build an epic human. So like, that's what I'd go back and be like, master those things before like jumping onto anything else. I'd even say like, stop doing any other exploration until you have like a level of understanding of those four components, because, you know, I would find myself initially getting into ceremonies or shadow work or breath work. And I would like be discovering things about myself that I didn't have the capacity to hold myself. Mm. And that was like, I would say sometimes destabilizing for me in terms of like some of the material that would come up or my nervous system will be so dysregulated, but I hadn't learned how to bring it back into connection, which to me is like the equivalent of like, we want to go free diving together. And I know you've got some history in the water. So uh, yes. if we're going to go free diving together, you'd be a great person to go with because you have history in the water. So yes. Um, so like get people on board who are like able to do what you're doing. But like if we we're going to go free diving together and we just go out and jump into like the some little island off the the coast here in Costa Rica and we try and dive down, we are going to get like smashed versus like actually like let's start here in the pool and let's mm -hmm. just learn how to do some breath holds on land lying down. Then let's mm -hmm. take it into the shallow end and like hold the pool at the end and see how long we can hold our breath for. And then let's maybe go into the deep end and see if we can hold it there underwater. And then like next week or the weekend after we'll go out and we'll practice and we'll practice in some water, maybe mm -hmm. starting with a lake before going out into the ocean. We take it step by step. And I think it's the same with the, the inner work, right? We want to learn how to put our, you know, mask on first so that we can learn how to regulate our emotions before diving into like the super deep end. Um, and I would definitely recommend to myself that I would do that. Cause that would really set myself up for all of those amazing containers to be able to one, go deeper because I would feel safer, but two, if I find myself in a pickle or material arises that could be challenging, I'll feel like, oh, wow. Like I, I have the capacity to deal with this, which would fill me with the sense of empowerment versus like, oh my God, how do I work with this? And then having to figure all that out, which was fine because I eventually figured it out, but you know, we're talking about how to do it more elegantly. I would be like, yeah, definitely learn, definitely learn those skills first. I mean, I'm so impressed that you just like, like really threw out there. What if I was to reflect on, on some of my journey and the most powerful things I've learned, like you just knocked it out of the park. Um, that really being able to self self regulate and course correct in all of the circumstances, um, is a very powerful tool. And especially in plant medicines, like you said, when you start to see those parts of your shadows um, that might not work for you, you know, you had me kind of reflecting on what do I do when, when that happens. Um, but I landed myself in therapy at eight years old. That was like the first time that I wanted to kill myself. And so I kind of came up 
through therapy my whole life with those self-reflective mm. questions. Um, but yeah, there, there was also a course I took in college on interpersonal communication. And I have always hailed it as one of the most important classes I ever took in my entire life um, because it, it taught just basic things like how to speak to someone and own your truth without attacking them in your line of questioning, how to mm. create like safe containers to have conversations. Um, and yeah, so many of those things are just like, I can't believe we're not teaching it. can't believe we're not teaching that. We're not teaching taxes. We're not teaching credit. We're not <laughs> teaching <laughs> meditation. Um, a lot of those things that, um, beautiful, just beautifully said. And so when did you, well, I'm curious, when did you begin with ayahuasca? That's a great question. And yeah, like so beautifully put. And I, I would add yet to that. We're not teaching them yet. I think mm. our generation, our timers, I think that's, I think that's probably what we're being a part of. I think that's what's probably going to manifest itself and already is manifesting itself. Like, you know, here in Costa Rica, a lot of those schools are beginning to take some of these things on and knowing the work that Dr. John and Nicole are planning, like they're also building a school, but they're teaching the adults first, which also makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Because if you've got amazing children being told all these things and they go home to mom and dad and mom and dad have no idea about any of these things, then a lot of the work that could be done in educational system could also be undone. So like, how do we solve that problem mm -hmm. at every level? I think that's, that's also exciting to me. And to answer your question, um, the first time I drank with ayahuasca, I was 25. So I'm 34 now and yeah, completely changed my life. I was running a business that I'd started when I was 20 in the health and fitness industry, which is how I knew of Aubrey. And, mm. um, yeah, I had run that. I was working for like 60, 70 hours a week and just like, you know, going for like a very traditional model of success that I hadn't fully thought through at a heart and values level. <laughs> and was finding myself just like burned out and just like, what the F is like, my life doing here? Like, what, what am I doing? Like I, I have many of the things that I thought that I wanted to achieve, you know, I'm in fitness magazines and all of these things. And I think it's probably the similar, similar for you and wakeboard and maybe in some senses. Um, but I'd love to hear about that too. Mm. Um, and you know, I was like, yeah, like what, like, what is this? So I was like, ah, I remember like when I was 19, 20, I had that amazing experience that kind of course corrected me. Um, I was like, cool, like I'll go back to the plants and and see if they can give me some deeper answers that, I, that I'm not seeing here. And I went out and went out to Europe that time from North England. And yeah, it was just like, could completely see through the patterns, saw all of the patterns of how I was living, where it came from and its roots, was able to work through a good chunk of that and got some direction on where to go next, which was like, it was pretty much like, it's time to leave and exit the business uh, mm. ASAP. And it guided me to go travel the world and just meet all of the people that I found, you know, inspiring and had connections with. So Aubrey was actually one of those people. So I, I went around and I'm like 25, 26 and went and just met all the people that were inspiring me at the time. 
and interviewed them for like a video style podcast um, and got to meet just so many incredible people. And from that, just like both insight and understanding just started to happen. And I also just started to just be around people who were living the type of lives that were really interesting to me. And I got to just meet other people from that. And it kind of just unfolded naturally from like that place forward. So it was like a super scary move to make at the time because I'd been building this business for like five or six years and putting everything into it to being like, you know what? Like I have to choose my heart and soul over, you know, staying here for the the money. Like I just have to choose my heart and, and, and I just went for it. And, you know, it was definitely scary. And, but, you know, over time it, it eventually paid off. And now when most people sort of find their way to work with you as a, I guess you could, you work with them as a coach, um, is that kind of the place that they're at where they're interested in more heart-centered leadership and um, yeah, what what's the common theme amongst people when they find you? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, the common theme is yeah, somewhat similar. Uh, there's, it depends on the person, but there's definitely a... I definitely tend to meet people when they're in that transition. You know, they've, they've made it as an artist, an investor, a business person, and or they've been like crushing it within their career, and they just are sensing like just something's not right. Like the the fulfillment that I'm getting from for this pursuit is, you know, not matching up with, you know, the amount of effort that I'm putting into this. Like there's just it's mm. just survival stuff. It's not fulfillment stuff, and. Um, having them step into that and, you know, work through some of the developmental processes that are missed in order for that person to feel safe enough, essentially to claim what they need and want in life and pursue it. Because often we're pursuing things because we want to impress mum, peers, or we have a deep sense of unsafety and we plow all of that tension into trying to create safety through financial means, which can work up into a degree like we can do that. You can like plow a lot of energy in and solve that problem, but mm-hmm. it only solves it at one level. It doesn't actually solve the emotional angst that we feel from feeling deeply unseen, unheard, unloved, unsafe. Cause that's, that's the only, the inner work will solve that. And then when you pair those two, two things together, you have highly competent people who are now heart led and driven to make change and impact through also being the embodiment of that. Like, you know, we talk about the, you know, the training that we're in for the next years and we could call it planetary dharma or we could call it planetary purpose from like a more Western mm. perspective. Like that's how I see it. It's like planetary purpose, which I think we're all a part of. I'm like, I think that's the shift we're in. Mm. All of yeah, us, everyone I, listening, we're, we're, we're moving into that, right? Exactly. We're like stepping into that next level of consciousness. I know Um, even on my journey, I was describing the other day, like, the, the way that I exist in the world now, my younger self would have never believed me that it was possible. Like I would have been like, I've seen that in movies. That's like on that one superhero movie. Sure. But I, I literally feel like I walk around in this sphere all the time and I keep my energy and my knowledge and my consciousness in this like sphere around me all the time. And um, I was specifically at this wolf sanctuary on Monday uh, that's kind of out in Palmdale called Wolf Connection. And we got this private tour and we got to meet all these different wolves and it was so powerful. And 
you know, we even went in this like medicine circle where they do ceremonies there. And as soon as we entered, all the wolves started howling. And it was wow. the only time we were there for like three hours that they were all 30 something of them howling. And it was just this incredible medicine. And as we're sort of walking away and the um, instructor, the the tour, our tour leader, Lori was like, so what do you think? How's it going? And I was just like, I'm I wish I could write in a journal, but I keep this energetic journal around me at all times that I'm just I'm imprinting all of these moments in right now. That So I, I feel like I'm constantly walking around in this different frequency of space where I can pull all these really impactful memories at any given time and, and remember them just like the moment because I've ingrained them into my source code. I yeah, love like that, that idea. I've never, I've never heard of anyone doing that. Like I've heard of memory techniques where people create rooms, but I like, I love the way that you're like keeping those impactful memories like in your field. I'm like, that's, I've never heard anyone mention that. I'm like, ah, oh, that's super. You should teach that. Like, let me know how you're doing that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, I'm like, cause it's just, I got, I, I want to write. I wish I could write. It's the same thing. Like I wish I could read books. I wish I was better at it. I'm way better at audiobooks. Um, but you know, you're, you're like in those moments and, and I just, it just imprints into the world around me. And then it's something mm. that I, I feel myself carrying with me everywhere. Um, that's a really beautiful experience, but yeah, I think you're, you're right. And that, we're, we're shifting into this next dimension. And what I love about that is that every time that we impact someone or someone has, someone learns breath work for the first time, or someone finally understands meditation or someone taps into flow state, there's no going back. Like no one's mm. going backwards per se in the sense that they've, they've touched it and they'll never touch it again. It's like, okay, now there's like one more person that's a little better equipped to navigate that space in the moment and to self-regulate and to, you know, once you know about like your attachment styles, for instance, there, there's no unknowing of that. And, um, yeah, I just like recently got into a relationship and I haven't been in a relationship in six years. And so it's very exciting for me. And, um, he's a very conscious person. And one of the questions he asked me on like our first, first time hanging out or something was like, what's your attachment style? And I was like, you, you know what attachment styles are? This is great. And I was like, well, uh, I, I tend to sit very stable unless I get poked and then I'm very anxious attachment. And I was like, what's yours? And he's like, avoidant attachment. And I was like, oh, great. And he's like, but I'm, I'm conscious of it. I'm aware of it. And I try not to sit in that attachment style. And um, yeah, it kind of came up and reared its ugly head about a weekend or so where I was like, oh, it would be nice to just feel feel wanted by him. And like two days went by and I didn't hear from him. And I was like, ah, and he had something he was going through. But, um, you know, so I was trying to give him space. And finally, I just left him a message being like, you know, I'm, I'm honoring what you're going through and that you know, space feels really good for you in this. And at the same time, I'm also sacredly honoring that it's, it's putting me in my anxious attachment space. And so these two things are, are coexisting in, in my field now. And I just want to vocalize it and maybe in vocalizing it, I'll just feel better. I don't know, but do with it what you will. And, and he was a total gem and was just like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like call me mm. on my shit, please. Like I, 
I don't want to do that to you and I want to be more conscious mm. of it. And, um, and so, yeah, I was like, wow, these, these conscious humans are, we're getting to increase in numbers. And, um, I'm curious if that's part of what drew you to Costa Rica, like the community down there or what, what took you down there? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah. It was just like, you know, understanding how impactful both environment and community is on my mental well-being, you know, being in a space where these types of conversations where we're talking about attachment and consciousness and plant medicine and all of these types of things, they're super interesting to me. Like some people are into cars, football, like whatever your thing is, right? Like I'm, I'm just into this. Like, it's just, it's just the thing that I'm into and I love it. Me and too. I see it being, I see it being a part of my journey for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's like, I'm not in a race to get anywhere. And also like, you know, there's work to be done. Um, so, right. but it's just like, it's just a fun exploration for me. I, I love it. It's, it's been profoundly beneficial in my life. And, you know, I want to be around people who are interested in similar things. Um, cause it just makes conversation connection more cohesive. And, mm. you know, I, you know, when I'm having family, which is in my plan in the kind of next phase of my life is that I want them to be able to be around similar like-minded people and to be in schools where, you know, these types of things can exist. Uh, and these kinds of conversations are normal because that's going to have an impact on a multitude of things. So like, yeah, basically just to make my life easier by being around like-minded community is the main reason. Mm, beautiful. I've been tossing around the idea of moving to Costa Rica and I've had two sort of different swings on it, which were, I'll meet my life partner and then we'll figure out Costa Rica together. And, or I'll just wait until I'm like really called there. And, um, my men, one of my mentors has suggested he might be building a retreat center down there, uh, which is not ironically Dr. John as well, but, um, Hamilton's sort of been thinking about it. And so I was like, Oh God, if he went to Costa Rica, I would absolutely move there. Um, but so you got two of your it's mentors just, moving here. Dude, it's a sign, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a sign. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my my partner isn't um, doesn't love humidity, and so I'm not sure how mm. well Costa Rica would go over for long periods of time. Like, I can get that, but air conditioning is great, and that's true. You know, it's 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 not super. It's like. There's places in the States that have been that, that feel more humid, like Florida, maybe. Um, and, you know, like Hawaii would feel way more humid. Bali feels way more humid. I don't experience Costa Rica as like, I'm never like walking around with like a wet shirt or wet t-shirt or um, it might have to be, I, I would I would recommend it as an exp- a humidity experiment. You create like a humidity experiment container <laughs> to see, see how it goes. <laughs> Well, speaking of these containers of yours, you and I were talking a little bit before we we started this interview, and uh, you're sharing with me some some beautiful containers around dating, and I I was really interested in what we were starting to get into, and I'd like to kind of dive back into how one could approach a relationship with the idea of 
setting containers as you move through it. Um, so tell me a little bit about your process with that. Yeah, well, the process began before that process. So I'll, I'll start at the beginning. So, mm-hmm. you know, like many of us, I wanted to get super clear on exactly what I wanted in a relationship. And I've heard lots of people do that, but I was just like, I'm going to get like super, super clear, like clearer than I've ever got before in terms of like what I'm looking for in terms of like all the different areas, like value, like values, you know, sexual intimacy, communication, you know, hobbies, practices, you know, nutrition, like just like all of the things that I knew were in, uh, were important for me to, for a relationship to be cohesive, not in like a super controlling way, but just in like a realistic way of understanding what would and wouldn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And just like dreaming into that. So I was super clear, like crystal clear on what I wanted, what would work for me, what wouldn't. So that was kind of the foundation. So I like really knew what I wanted. And that was just from like, you know, 30 something years of trial and error. Let's just call it that. (laughs) And super grateful for all of the lessons from every past relationship, you know, genuinely um, every, every relationship has been a beautiful lesson and just compiling that into, you know, a giant note, which I actually have on my phone and would update it at all moments. Like I would go around and I would, you know, meet different people. And even it was just like, you know, a woman in a restaurant and I see a specific quality, like not necessarily you know, attraction per se like that, but I would, you know, appreciate a quality. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a really important quality for me. And I would just keep this as like a live document that was created over many months. Mm. And so that like build the foundation. So I was like super clear on what I wanted, which I think from a uh, life creation or manifestation standpoint, depending on how you want to look at it, like, I think that's really important, like know what we want. So I was super clear on mm-hmm. what I wanted. And then when... I met my partner. Um, it was just super evident. I was just like, huh. Like I felt it, you know, at, at both like a heart level, a mind level, meaning like it made sense based on what I was looking for. And also mm-hmm. felt it at a chemistry level as well. So like the all three of the major centers were like a, a tick, a yes. And then from there, you know, at each stage of our relationship, we've set containers, meaning like, what is it we're looking to discover at first? So like, at first it was like, you know, who is this other individual that I'm, you know, beginning to be in relationship with and, you know, working out what we were exploring during that specific phase in order for the relationship to go to the next stage. So we both got super clear on what that was. And once we'd moved through that phase, and we were clear on that. So we had a conversation at the beginning and a conversation at the end. And we put like rough time frames on when we would have these conversations. And then mm-hmm. after that conversation, then we would create the next phase in container and container two, after we'd worked out like, this is like pretty awesome. And there's so much congruency here at every level. Um, and we like really felt it in our hearts, but we were like, you know, cognizant humans being like this, does this actually work at a technical level? And it was like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Brilliant. Like the next phase was, you know, seeing how that would work in, you know, in real life, like how would we actually operate in relationship together? So the next experiment was like, can we live together and how will that look? And what are we looking to explore during this time from such as, you know, understanding, can we communicate well together when we're in conflict? Can we, 
you know, keep, you know, even more spice and intimacy alive in our connection and so on and so forth. So we set the container. And then once that was done, you know, we worked out, okay, well, what's the next container? Okay. Well now it's, you know, creating a community and like a deeper life together in Costa Rica. And, you know, step-by-step, we just like set new containers and we both have intentions and explorations of what we're looking to experience and explore and discover during that time. And then, you know, we set rough dates on it in terms of like when we're going to check back in and, you know, we just have a general check-in of like what worked, what didn't work. Is there anything that hasn't been, hasn't been said and can we have a conversation around that? And, you know, what's exciting next? Like what's the next level of relationship and intimacy that we're going into that would be interesting for us both to explore. So I know for me doing it in this way is like really kept an aliveness to the connection and it's made every phase of the relationship feel intentional and has helped, I guess, navigate the questions that sometimes might take years to discover. We've been able to discover them much faster because we've been intentional about finding those pieces out. So, you know, we're both in our thirties now and, you know, learned enough about ourselves up until this point to know enough about what we want and don't want. And, you know, because I want children and she wants children, then there is also biological clocks ticking. So we're, we're just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, just be more mindful. Like we don't just, when you're in your early twenties, it like, doesn't really matter if like you, these next relationships don't work as soon as you get in your thirties and you wanted to create a healthy, you know, lasting relationship, then these things become way more important. So just allowing them to be as important as they are in this next life phase for me, which is also exciting. It's like, Oh, cool. It's got more, there's more at stake here, which also makes it more interesting. What's your Zodiac sign? Taurus. Oh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'm also, I'm actually older than you. I'm 36 and uh, I don't want kids. And so that's also an interesting paradigm to exist in because kind of like you said, like in the twenties, like it didn't really matter. I never even looked at anyone in my twenties. Like they would be the person I would spend the rest of my life with. I was always just like, you'll be cool for a few months, a year, whatever. Sounds good. And then it's like, as I've been looking at spending the rest of my life with someone, um, I, I started to have a policy where I wouldn't date anyone who wanted to have kids because that meant obviously there would be a, a definitive end. But there were definitely some people I got really hurt by uh, in the last couple of years who, um, not hurt by, but that I allowed myself pain over um, in continuing to see them despite knowing that and then having them, you know, have the balls to be like, hey, this is a major, this is a major deal breaker. And it should be a deal breaker for the both of us and um, lots of, as I call them, failures to launch where they just, just kind of air- airplane that never takes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I love those containers. I, I love those containers and it makes me um, really interested and curious to now talk to my partner and be like, what kind of containers could we create? And he's an artist, so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up with these wild containers. <laughs> <laughs> you could paint your containers as well, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> like, like dream into it, make it, make it, make it fun. We've definitely got more creative with it as, as time has has gone, and it just makes it fun. It's like we're we're 
like we get to create these games with each other if we want or we can just like you know get into a relationship and just take it step by step maybe that's fun for people but for me it seems it's more fun to be like ah like what's this next phase like what where are we actually in time and space and how can we make the most of this opportunity that we have together and see it as a as an exploration where we both get to bring our attention our love our intention into everything that we're creating and i don't know when i've done that with anything in my life whether it be my business or a ceremony it it seems to work more cohesively or create better results when i when i bring that level of intentionality and care to something mm. and what's her zodiac sign aries oh that's why i kind of remind you of, or you think we'll get along so well because <laughs> she's fucking great <laughs> this is true <laughs> oh that's rad what's been um one of your favorite container like what did you find to be one of the most exciting containers that you guys created hmm I'm trying to think back like just time moves so fast and it's so much happening with like life work and business and all of these things so um what was one of the most exciting containers the the part when i went to new york to see if we could actually live together in a uh, one bedroom studio in the center of New York was oh like gosh. probably the most interesting and we were explore really exploring our intimacy um and our sexual relationship there and taking that to new levels and that was just like super juicy and had experiences there that were up there and the most profound experiences that I've had in my life and psychedelics would also mm -hmm. be among some of those and just like I'm like wow like I did not know that that was possible and and had to go on like a whole learning journey to be like and it's like when you have your first, I don't know, one of your first big medicine style experiences, you're like, what was that? Like, like, <laughs> I, like, how did I just melt into the universe? If there's no context for that, it can be like almost overwhelming. And it was like, there was some of those experiences that were emerging. And I was like, huh, like I got to go study and find out what was actually happening here so that I can understand it at a deeper level of how like some of these things are possible in terms of just like exploration without medicine like you know mm. sexual alchemy i guess and you know sex is medicine in, in many ways especially if we bring intentionality and our full presence to it the what can emerge in that space would completely blow my 20 something year old mind it would be like he'd be like i was like and, and like some of the things is like safety is going to create the best sex of your life my 20 year old self just would have no idea what i'm talking about to be like, what safety is going to create the best sex of your life? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think that's incredibly well said. Like, I I had this partner, um, my last person I was dating, I guess, uh, and he came to the table with this like sexual tantric energy that I had, I normally, I was the one always bringing that to the table and people would be like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that sex we just had? Like, and I, and I always been searching for someone to kind of meet me at that level. And he did. And so it was like, I didn't know sex could be like that. I didn't know sex could be that purposeful, that intentional. It was like, it was womb healing for me. And and my interactions oh. with him just felt like they healed, I mean, 20 plus years of sexual trauma 
and sexual abuse and like all the ways in which people I don't didn't know have hurt me. And like, it was just so powerful that, um, mm. you know, I'm, I'm so grateful he didn't work out because he, I mean, I'm grateful to ex- have experienced him. Right. Mm. And that was a, he was a very important person in my journey and, and to honor that and, um, be grateful for that time. He's still a friend of mine to this day and I love him very much, but yeah, interesting how my younger self also would have probably not fully understood. And it's like, you just want to, I want to run around and like tell kids like, stop watching porn. Like stop. I stopped watching (laughs) porn. I stopped watching porn like a year and a half ago. Um, but I almost feel like I'm like programmed from all the porn that I did watch of like all the ridiculous shit that I still think about then when I'm having sex sometimes. But uh, yeah, stop watching porn. Like they really don't want to be smacked the first time you have sex with them. Like they mm. want to be treated kindly and held and they want eye contact and they want, you know, try breathing together. Like just mm. some basics, see what happens, see how that intimacy builds. <sighs> yeah. yeah. And it's super, it's super like edgy as well. Like, like, you know, like young people always like edgy shit, like breathe with <laughs> someone and take it slow and enjoy that and see how fucking edgy that is. Cause it's actually edgy. Like that level of intimacy is edgy. So you want, you want something to explore, like go explore those edges and see where they take you. Cause like they'll take, they'll just take you to places that you didn't even know were possible. Where, where like, you know, smacking someone and, you know, (laughs) and all the types of way that porn shows us to have sex is just like, it's going to feel, that's going to feel two dimensional. It's going to feel like playing like a game on like a Sega mega drive or a Nintendo 64, like just some like pretty basic graphics to what's actually possible. Like there's a whole world of higher definition that's that's possible for you, but you like you've got to do the you've got to put the training wheels on, which is going to start with just like breathing with someone, and you know maybe learning meditation or qigong, or maybe exploring sexual mastery of like how these things are held in sacred containers, and explore your own sexual energy. Like what a whole mm-hmm. exploration that we can probably I'm going to be exploring for a lifetime, and yeah. I'd rather have higher definition, higher connect connection intimacy and like i want that for the world like it's like just like when we explore healing through plant medicine or you know somatics or like whatever our healing modalities are that set us free in greater and greater capacities we want to share it and i think i think the the sexual healing is is certainly going to be a huge piece as it has in my life but i also sense that for the greater collective as well because it's pretty fucking weird if we actually look at it and it always felt yeah. weird to me. I remember being a kid and getting given my first porn mag, and I was just like, something about this just doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it just didn't feel right. It kind of felt weird. I was like, what? Like, I don't know. I couldn't explain it. And, I, and I'm glad that there's other alternatives for human beings emerging more and more at this time. Yeah. And so I'm I'm interested in how how your healing journey and – what you've explored and gained and the conscious level that you exist at now, how, how that bleeds over into your work and how that gets you to show up from a heart centered place. And, you know, what does that look like for you? Can you ask the question 
in a slightly sure, different yeah. way so I can understand. As I was understand. done, I was like, did I, was there a question in that? Um, how, how do you show up in your work now because of all of the healing work that you've done? So working with clients, how are you taking what you've learned and translating that into what you're coaching? Mm, that's a great question. Thank you for your, your deeper exploration. Um, yeah, well, it's just like, I, it's really hard to guide someone somewhere where I haven't been. So the mm. deeper that I have been and go allows me to be able to, I feel like I'm like a conduit to translate information in a more effective manner that people are able to receive. I'm all like, I feel like I'm like a translator of healing tools and conscious exploration and that bringing those yeah, like bringing some of the modalities because some of the spiritual language can throw people off mm-hmm. from like, you know, the traditions, whether it be shamanic traditions or Eastern traditions that can like throw people off because they don't understand, you know, like we've been doing with Dr. John, when you're talking about deity yoga, like people don't really understand that what's happening there is you're doing attachment healing by imagining, you know, the caregivers that you wish you had or the qualities of the caregivers you had and then internalizing that. Or people might not understand when... You're building a relationship with sweet and bitter plants that you're also kind of doing attachment healing there. You're building a connection with these different energies that are also a part of us. And, you know, I feel like what I do is I go learn and explore my own journey and, you know, take that information, whether it be from the shamanic traditions or Eastern traditions, or whether it be from kind of Western psychology, what I've learned in those spaces and translating that information in a way that people can easily digest, easily apply and easily understand. And Mm. that's what I, that's, that's all I really do. And then just hold both a powerful, loving, supportive container because I know what's possible. Like I've experienced it. So like I can genuinely be someone who's like, at that point you're at right now, I understand it. And yes, it's fucking hard. And like, I, you're totally going to get through the other side of it. As long as you continue, like you're going to get through this. And, and sometimes just like having that support, whether it be a moment of like, you've got this or whether it be a moment of like holding someone in whatever they're going through that in of itself can be incredibly healing. And, and I'd experience the benefits of that too, aside from any of the tools, just having someone like genuinely listen to you, hear you and cheer you on for me is just being life-changing and like I wish I had those tools and people in my life sooner. So it's, it's a blessing that I actually get to be the support for other epic individuals who are creating so much badass shit in the world. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And so how can my listeners work with you if they desire to do so? What's the best way to learn more about you? And Yeah. Um, well, I think like for anyone, getting into any type of container, whether it be plant medicine or whether it be with a coach or a therapist is like, come explore and like, let's connect. So the best place to connect would be through social media. Um, you can either check out my, if you're a YouTube person, just look up Rick William. Um, if you're an Instagram person, look up Rick William. And, um, my actual account name is I am Rick William. With a K, there's like loads of fake accounts going around on Instagram right now. Um, so it's mm-hmm. R-I-C-K-W-I-L-L-I-A-M. That's my account. And that's the best place to connect. If you want some free, if you like like what you see and you like the vibe, um, 
you can go on my website and there's tons of free resources. So um, we have, yeah, like different emotional regulation tools. There's different workshops that you can get. There kind of, there's tons of stuff that are accessible for free. There's some low cost options as well for kind of deeper dives. And then if like, if that's resonating with you and feels supportive of your journey, then you can apply to work with me one-on-one and we can have a conversation about what that might look like in, in your life. So that's the recommendation of what I would do. It's, you know, like it's, it's a big commitment to get into a plant medicine container or a coaching container or hybrid containers where they con- where, they, where, where both of those coexist. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend just like take it step by step, see if we vibe and then let's take it from there. Fantastic. And I'll have all of those linked up in the show notes as well so that people don't get confused and end up on the wrong with Rick William. It's like, I wish I could do something better about all of those fake accounts, but. I know. Well, actually I found it like me and my friend, uh, were having a conversation yesterday and he just shared with me that Meta have, um, they're launching and we're still like, we're like, is this, is this like a planned thing? But anyway, Meta are launching paid verification across all of their platforms. It's just going live in Australia and New Zealand right now. I think it's $20 a month, but we were like, huh, are they just letting all of these fake accounts emerge so that we have the demand to all pay 20 bucks a month to stop this happening? I don't know if that's true or not. (laughs) It's definitely probably in the realms of possibility, but um, that's the solution that's coming. So, Interesting. Well, yeah. And it's really, it's super annoying. I had three of them in the last year, two of them at the same time. And I mean, I, as much as I don't want people to get scammed by them, I also spend then half of my time on social media answering messages that people send me about, did you know? And I'm like, I, I knew. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, telling so me. Yeah. Thank you. For- <laughs> Thank you. My Please pleasure. Them. <laughs> it was a pleasure to be here with you and chat today. Uh, and just thank you for everyone who's listening. Like, thank you for walking the path. I, I truly believe we're all walking this together. So thank you to everyone's listening for all of your contributions, for everything you're doing and look forward to connecting with some of you soon. Yeah. And looking forward to holding class with you a lot further and continuing this journey. So to be continued. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review this podcast wherever you're listening. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me. Until next time.